The Gospel reading for this morning is from John's Gospel, beginning in the 6th chapter at the 35th verse. John wrote these things. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more and thirsts no more ever. And at this, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven, the Jews started arguing over him. Isn't this the son of Joseph? Don't we know his father? Don't we know his mother? How can he now say, I came down out of heaven and expect anyone to believe him? And Jesus said, don't bicker among yourselves over me. You're not in charge here. The Father who sent me is in charge. He draws people to me, and that's the only way you'll ever come. Only then do I do my work, putting people together, setting them on their feet, ready for the end. This is what the prophets meant when they wrote, and then they will all be personally taught by God. Anyone who has spent any time at all listening to the Father, really listening and therefore learning, comes to me to be taught personally, to see it with his own eyes, hear it with his own ears, from me, since I, <clears throat> since I have it firsthand from the Father. No one has seen the Father except the one who has his being alongside the Father, and you can see me. I'm telling you the most solemn and sober truth now. Whoever believes in me has real life, eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna bread in the desert and died. But now here is bread that truly comes down out of heaven. Anyone eating this bread will not die ever. I am the bread, living bread, who came down out of heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live and forever. The bread that I present to the world so that it can eat and live is myself this flesh and blood self. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh, amazing God, to come into our ordinary lives and set a holy table among us, filling our plates with the bread of life and our cups with salvation. Send us out, O oh God, with tender-heartedness to touch an ordinary, everyday world with the promise of your holiness. Open our ears, our hearts, our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. Three men, tired of being old, sneaked off from their retirement village one afternoon for a dip in a nearby pool. It was an indoor pool in one wing of a huge house that was apparently used only at night. And ignoring the strange glow near the bottom, they slowly, painfully entered the pool at the shallow end. Well, they had a wonderful time floating in the water. And back at home that afternoon, they felt better than they had in years. So good, in fact, that they decided to do it again the next day and the next. Very soon it became clear that this was no ordinary pool. The same men who were creaking down the steps only days before were now doing cannonballs and backflips off of the diving board. 
Back at the retirement village, they were eating spicy Mexican food, dancing the tango, flirting with their wives. That is a scene from the movie Cocoon. And to anyone who has ever grown tired of being old or feeling old, it is a delightful fantasy, a pool in which old age is washed away. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Now, hundreds of years ago, tribes of Indians in Central America and the West Indies believed that a spring like that existed somewhere in the Bahamas, and Spanish explorers tried to find it Ponce de Leon searched in Florida for the fountain of youth that would make the ones who bathed in it forever young. Can you imagine wrinkled skin becoming tight and toned again? Arthritic joints seeming strong and reliable, or the pleasure of leaving your cane in the corner and throwing your pills away and still keeping your membership in AARP. If all of that were really possible, wouldn't it be worth it to search for the fountain of youth? But if you talk with young people, they will quickly tell you that youth isn't all it's cracked up to be. Yep, you can generally get up out of a chair without groaning, but you can't show off pictures of your grandchildren. And then there are all those things to worry about. Will I be able to go to college? Will I get a decent job? Will I ever get married? Will we have to go to war? Will there be anything like Social Security for me? Will the pimple on my nose be gone before my big date on Saturday night? Ask a 13-year-old girl if she would like to stay 13 forever, and she will answer in a single word, no. And although a young body would certainly have some advantages, I don't believe that it's really eternal youth that we are after. I really think it's something else. I think what we really want to capture are those times in our lives when we're with family or friends, spending meaningful time doing something we enjoy, times when we turn to each other and say, it just doesn't get any better than this. And what we mean, then, is that for us, those times make up moments of our real living. These are the times that fill our memories and our scrapbooks. This is what brings a smile to our face at the mere memory of these people and this time together. This is life, real life. And I think if we want anything to last forever, it is this. It is not youth. It is life. So I don't think that Jesus could have offered us a better invitation than the one he brings to us. The offer of eternal life. I am the bread, living bread, that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats of this bread will live forever. And when Jesus is talking about living forever, I think you can be certain that he's not talking about just existing forever. This same Jesus said earlier in this same gospel, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Abundant life is made up of those moments when you want to take a deep breath and just hold it. 
when you want time to stand still for just a little while, all of those moments when you think to yourself, it just doesn't get any better than this. That is real living, and we would do just about anything to make it last forever. Just about anything. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna bread in the desert and died, but now here is bread that truly comes down out of heaven, and anyone eating of this bread will not die ever. I am bread, living bread. It seems like kind of a half-baked idea, but what I think Jesus is trying to say is, I am the source of life. But in the same way you don't get full by having bread in your house, you won't gain eternal life by merely being acquainted with me. It takes more than that. I must be like the air you breathe, the water you drink. You must hunger for me in the same way you hunger for bread and fish. And we come together in this place, and we experience the presence of Jesus among us because we realize that he is most real to us in the lives of others, in the eyes that we meet, the hands we hold, the stories we live out together and tell. Because basically, when we are undone and can no longer be ourselves, God's hands for us are the hands of others. The bread of life is people People who are prepared in some small way, or much more, to be consumed by our need for care, our need for love, our need for community, and a shared story. The truth is that we can all eat. There is almost always manna in the wilderness unless we hoard and steal and kill. But life that is eternal, that has a it-doesn't-get-better-than-this-all-the-time quality to it, only comes to us when we participate in real ways and allow ourselves to be consumed. We are to be living bread to each other. And in the give and take of that, I believe, is eternal life. To God be the glory. Amen.